Sunsets, Genealogy, and Investigator. Welcome to another episode of Crime Travel in Toledo, Ohio. Um, if you don't know who I am, my name is Kelly Amstutz. Um, once again, I'm the Genealogy Investigator. I've been doing genealogy for over 20 years now, not to age myself too much. Um, but I really love what I do, and introducing the podcast um, was just kind of like a passion project for me. I love true crime, and I love history, and bringing the two together really, really intrigues me, and being able to tell these old stories um, from in and around Toledo, Ohio, and just breathe some new life into them, um, I think it's just important, and just to kind of see the way that our media has changed, I think it's really interesting too. So, welcome to another episode. Um, tonight, we have Looks Like a Murder. I have two great stories for you. They're both a little bit different. Um, they both actually were, I don't want to say completely unsolved, but there wasn't a whole lot of news media about either of them, which is quite interesting for the time. Um, but we are going to go kind of far back, and then uh, we'll be a little bit closer here. So, without further ado, let's go ahead and we'll jump right into our first story. Um, our first story takes place in 1899. It is the 24th of November, Friday, um, and Montreal Star reports that may be a murder. W.L. Thomas of Bradford, Ontario, a medical student at a local college, met his death mysteriously at Ironwood, a suburb outside of Toledo, Ohio, early Thursday morning, and murder is suspected. His body was found under the derrick of an old oil well at 9 o'clock. His clothing was wet and bedraggled, and there are contusions on his head and face. Little is known of Thomas here. He has been working his way through college and was employed by Dr. C.A. Miller of 65 Adams Street, Toledo, Ohio, who actually ended up identifying the body. Um, so I did find another news article that was in the Courier Democrat on the 30th of November, so a few days later in 1892, and it was pretty much the same. It is thought that he was murdered, um, but there wasn't a whole lot more out there about Mr. W.L. Thomas. So it kind of got me thinking a little bit. I was like, okay, well, who are you, W.L. Thomas? Um, and that brought me to another news article, surprisingly. Um, and this one was in the Buffalo Times in New York. And the headlines read, Mystery, Body of a Dental Student Found, Foul Play article actually reads exactly the same as the two that I just read, except for now we learn that W.L. is actually a dental student who was from Ontario, Canada, and was in the Toledo, Ohio area, or the Ironville area, which is pretty interesting. Um, so I kind of did a little bit more digging, because that's just kind of what I do, um, and I ended up finding some information about W.L. Thomas, for instance. His name was William Lawrence Thomas. He was born in 1881 in Brant, Ontario, Canada. He is actually of the Mohawk Six Nations of the Grand River Tribe um, in Ontario, Canada, which is quite interesting. Um, obviously, he was going to um, be a dental, uh, a dentist of some sort, a dental assistant, a dentist, I'm not really sure, but He obviously was interning here um, on some kind of sort, which is interesting. 
that's what brought him here. So I kind of dug a little bit further, and in the 1891 census of Canada, he is living with his mother and his father, and his mother is Charlotte Hiller. She was born in 1856 and died in 1924, and uh, she lived out her life in Canada, and his father was Elias Thomas, uh, 1855 to 1928, and he also lived out his life in Canada. So that's kind of interesting, and although he did die in Ironville, Toledo, Lincoln County, Ohio, he was buried in, um, the, I'm going to butcher this one, so sorry, but the Oslecan Baptist Cemetery of the Six Nations in Brant County, Municipality of Ontario, Canada. Um, and he was a very nice headstone. He was 16 years old. If you follow the blog, uh, my website is www.genealogyinvestigator.com. Um, I will have pictures and stuff that I've come across. But he was a dental student at the Toledo um, MD College here in Toledo, Ohio. He never married, never had children. Um, like I said, he was only 18 years old. And um, it, it does say, like, the inscription on his headstone does say that he was murdered, which is kind of interesting. Um, just because that simple fact that the newspapers kind of affected him. And we do also know that he has one of nine children, nine brothers and sisters, um, and all of them stayed in Canada. They did not leave Canada or the, the Ontario area where he was at. So we hit a dead end. Our case went cold at this point. Um, but nonetheless, it's, it's quite interesting to hear, and it, it's also quite uh, telling to his family um, stayed in the Canadian area that they live in. I'm sure after that tragedy, they were not going to set foot in the United States. So that's where our first story leads us tonight. I'm going to take a quick intermission on it, and I'll be right back. know that I have a DNA course. Uh, I have the DNA and Genetic Genealogy Academy that has finally launched. I'm really, really excited about it. It is jam-packed with 29 modules covering everything that you need to know about DNA to get yourself on the ground. Uh, DNA is taking off, so why wouldn't you want to get behind it? Learn everything that you can to be able to take those matches that you have and break them we start with a DNA basic build. We discuss the DNA a little bit, a little bit more in depth. I leave the science to the scientists. Um, we talk about everything from introducing test results, how to use the different platforms that are out there for testing, all the way to how to cluster results, how to how to use pedigree triangulation for those matches, how to do segment triangulation. And I have some great case studies and handouts that are included. Um, this particular module, it is about a 12-week course. It is self-paced. Um, but you have me holding your hand the entire time. So if you're interested, please visit my website, www.genealogyinvestigator.com, so that you can 
sign up and grab your seats as your DNA and genetic genealogist has for today. Okay, and we are back. Our next story takes place again in Toledo, Ohio. We are going to go way back. Um, we're actually going all the way back to 1868. This story was reported on May 15th. Again, it was a Friday. Friday seemed to be a really popular day for the news, um, for the newspaper articles, which I kind of find interesting, and I, I want to research that a little bit more, um, because that, that is kind of a weird turn of events. But um, this was placed in the Harrison Telegraph in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and it didn't really have a headline, which is interesting. And um, just again, all of these uh, stories that I am talking about, you can find on the blog. So if you're just interested in seeing kind of how everything was written, please feel free to check out the blog. Um, I try to keep up with that so that you don't just have to listen to this on YouTube. So this one says a singular murder case. Ohio. The murder of a man named Sharp and the arrest of one Harrington at his assassin at Toledo have already been mentioned. Um, I wasn't able to find the mentioning of this case and the, the particulars, which is kind of interesting because it was such a high-profile case. Um, but the Toledo Blade, I didn't visit the archives. I just ran out of time. Um, but all the access that I did have online, I was not able to find the actual story. So I'm not sure if it took place maybe this year or what But basically, uh, Mr. Sharp was assassinated by Mr. Harrington. Um, this is kind of the story of what's going on. There's evidence that Mr. Harrington left behind, um, which tied him to the murder. So last evening, Detective Ranks and Mr. John Baker who had been using a most commendable diligence in making a thorough investigation of the matter, returned from a trip across the river in which they had made discoveries of a most important nature. They were searching the house of Mr. Kearney, um, and they had found in Harrington's satchel a quantity of shot, a dirk, and a billet. They picked up a vest belonging to Harrington, and in his pocket found a piece of newspaper. Also in the house, a Toledo commercial of April 15th, and a part of it was torn off. So Mr. Harrington must have been living at Mr. Tierney's residence, um, maybe in a rental capacity, his belongings, so obviously at, at his house. A search around the spot where the murdered man was discovered resulted in finding several pieces of paper scorched and blackened as if they had been fired from a gun. These were carefully picked up and brought to the Harrington house where a careful comparison was made with the paper found in the house. With that found in Harrington's vest, and that picked up near the scene of the murder. So now they have all these little bits and pieces of paper that they are analyzing. This um, comparison being most carefully made by putting piece after piece together according to the weaving matter resulted in the pieces of paper in Harrington's vest and those labels picked up near where the body was found both being from the newspaper found in the house of Harrington. This evidence, circumstantial though it might seems to point beyond a free adventure to Michael Harrington as the murderer of Michael Sharp, and this conclusion is strengthened by the comparison of the shot fire found in Harrison's statue with that taken from the brain of Mr. Sharp. These 
just ask for certain pets, but a person with the same size and ability would be possessive. So what is something that really stands out when we're reading this page to you? Um, and I, I kind of want to point that to my audience because, like, for me, it's the fact that they're collecting evidence for 1668 of this nature. They're putting together the pieces. They have the shot that they're finding in the satchel of Mr. Harrington. They're comparing it to the probably just the the um I don't know if it was a shotgun or what it was, but whatever the matter was that shot Mr. Sharp, which unfortunately it sounds like he had a fatal head wound. Um, they're taking that and they're comparing. Um, so for me, like that analysis process is fascinating because you know I read all these cases and it kind of seems like they're just like oh suspected murder you know and then I can't find anything else about it so to see that this case here although I don't have the particulars that the after part of it their their analysis part they are taking the time and the effort and doing things that I mean we still do today but back to 1868 you know it's kind of there was so much going on in the world that it's kind of it kind of makes you take a pause to think that they were being that diligent um especially in sweet ohio at that time so unfortunately i couldn't find anything else about this case i'm going to do a little bit more digging before i post about it but it's so interesting just to, to be able to just see these two stories which are very different and just see kind of the steps that they go through to solve these cases or not solve them um, and it's, it's just kind of like, was it because that our first case was not from here that he didn't get the due diligence of, you know, someone investigating it? Or were there particulars? Or, you know, was there just no evidence left behind? Or were they having a bad day? There's so many questions that I have because it feels like in 1868, they're doing so much due diligence. And in 1899, did they have a lot of murders on their case or something that kind of went to the wayside? Um, so just let me know your thoughts on this too. Um, I feel like I'm kind of shocked for you know 1868 for them to be this thorough. Um, so I'd love to hear from you. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate your support. Um, and let's let's interact. If you have questions, if you have stories that you want to hear, if there's something that you want to learn more about, please reach out. I would love to you know look into anything that's going on if you're looking for a genealogist i'm always looking for new clients i love telling ancestry stories and um you know i just really want to connect so i thank you so much for listening please tune in in two weeks for our next great true crime story on crime travel in Toledo, ohio and until then take care